You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Riley Adams with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the Biden administration working to remove Americans from Israel, Israel declaring war on the Palestinian militant group Hamas, and new accusations against Senator Bob Menendez. Here's your national news recap for the week of October 8th. The Biden administration is arranging charter flights to help Americans leave Israel as the country is at war with Hamas. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters the administration is working to provide flights from Israel to sites in Europe for U.S. citizens and their immediate family members. The administration is also looking at helping Americans exit by land and sea. This comes amid a shortage of commercial flights as the conflict continues. Law enforcement across the U.S. will be on alert after ex-Hamas chief called for Global Day of Jihad on Friday. There have already been some pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian marchers clashing in some U.S. cities since the war broke out between Israel and Hamas. Republican Congressman Michael McCall of Texas said Thursday he is concerned about U.S. synagogues being a target. New York Governor Kathy Hukul says law enforcement agencies across her state are preparing for demonstrations. The NYPD has ordered all officers to be in uniform on Friday. Police say they have no credible information that there are any specific threats to Portland following a call by former Hamas leader for a global day of rage. Police say they are monitoring the situation, and should any concerns arise, they will move resources. If events or protests develop in coming days, marchers could impact traffic. Police are asking drivers to be patient. Peaceful protest is constitutionally protected. The head of the Pentagon will travel to Israel as the nation is at war with Hamas. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin will meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's Minister of Defense, and other officials Friday. The U.S. is currently surging military aid to support Israel, including sending munitions and Iron Dome air defense interceptors. The visit comes after Secretary of State traveled to Israel to meet with Nanantanu and others today. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise is trying to rally enough votes to become the next Speaker of the House. He met with his Republican colleagues during a closed-door meeting today. Following the meeting, Scalise told reporters his supporters continue to grow and said he will continue to have conversations with members, but would not say when a floor vote could be expected. The Louisiana State Republican must convince at least 217 members of his own party to vote for him on the floor. A small number of conservatives are currently blocking his path. Congressman Kevin McCarthy says House Majority Leader Steve Scalise has a long way to go to win the speakership. McCarthy, who was recently removed as speaker, told reporters Scalise faces a big hill to scur enough votes, but said it's possible. Scalise must convince at least 217 members of his own party to vote for him on the floor. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is authoring rescue operations for Floridians in Israel. The Republican issued an executive order today to provide support to Israel after declared war against Hamas. His order says there are many Floridians among the more than 20,000 Americans in Israel who want to but cannot return home because of flight cancellations. The order criticizes President Biden for not having yet launched any form of rescue operations. Meanwhile, the White House announced today it would arrange charter flights for Americans in Israel. New York Republican lawmakers are now pushing to remove Long Island Congressman George Santos. Long Island Representative Anthony D'Esposito is introducing an expulsion resolution to remove George Santos. 
Sanchez was just hit with federal charges accusing him of stealing identities and using his donors' credit cards without their approval. This comes after separate fraud, money laundering, and theft charges back in the spring. Removing Santos would require votes from two-thirds of the House. People receiving Social Security benefits will see a smaller cost of living increase than the past two years. On Thursday, the Social Security Administration announced an annual cost of living adjustment for the next two years will be 3.2%. The adjustment means the average monthly payment for retirees will be a little more than $1,900 come January. Benefits saw the biggest boost since the 1980s, the previous two years due to inflation. Last year, recipients received an increase of 5.9%, while this year saw an increase of 8.7%. A former Colorado police officer is being found guilty in the death of Elijah McLean. Back in 2019, a 911 caller reported a suspicious person, and officers Randy Rodema and Jason Rosenblatt later encountered McLean, an unarmed black man in Aurora. McLean died after officers subdued him and EMT's injection with ketamine. A lawsuit over Arkansas's Learns Act is over. The state Supreme Court today dismissed the suit filed in Pulaski County over the law's emergency clause. Opponents had claimed the clause, requiring the law to be implemented immediately, should have been put to a separate vote per the state's constitution. Today's ruling overturned a previous restraining order issued by the judge, a move Governor Sanders called an historic victory for Arkansas's parents. Texas Governor Greg Abbott met with former United Kingdom Prime Minister Liz Truss on Thursday. The meeting at Capitol in Austin was focused on how Texas and the U.K. can bolster their economies and why more businesses are traveling to the Lone Star State. Truss's trip comes after First Lady Cecilia Abbott led a group of Texans that traveled to Europe over the summer, including a stop in London. The governor's office says the U.K. has the most foreign direct investment projects in Texas. I'm Riley Adams, and that was your national news. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach with your international news report. Our first international story today is coming from CNN. Israel has declared war on the Palestinian militant group Hamas after it carried out an unprecedented attack by air, sea, and land on Saturday. The large-scale surprise assault has left more than 1,200 dead in Israel, according to Israel Defense Forces spokesperson Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus said in an update on Wednesday. It prompted a lethal volley of retaliatory Israeli airstrikes on Gaza that has killed at least 1,354 people and injured a further 6,049. As they retreated into Gaza, the militants claimed to have taken up to 150 hostages with them and have threatened to kill them if airstrikes target Gaza without warning. Israel has pledged that Hamas will pay a heavy price and may now be preparing a ground incursion into Gaza. A humanitarian crisis in Gaza is rapidly spiraling as the enclave's only power station stopped working on Wednesday. Hospitals are expected to run out of fuel, leading to catastrophic conditions, the Palestinian health ministry warned. More than 330,000 people have been displaced in Gaza as of Thursday. Militants from Gaza fired thousands of rockets towards Israeli towns on Saturday morning, before breaking through the heavily fortified border fence with Israel and sending militants deep into Israeli territory. There, Hamas gunmen killed hundreds of people, including civilians and soldiers, and took hostages, sometimes from their homes. It took Israeli troops more than two days to take back control as fighting raged in the streets. On Monday, the Israel Defense Forces, IDF, said it had retaken control of all Israeli communities in Gaza's vicinity on its southern border after fighting with Hamas ended. The attacks were unprecedented in tactic and scale, 
as Israel has not faced its adversaries in street battles on its own territory since the 1948 Arab-Israeli War. While Hamas has kidnapped Israelis before, it has never before taken dozens of hostages at once, including children and the elderly. Hamas called the operation Al-Aqsa Storm, and said that the assault was a response to what it described as Israeli attacks on women, the desecration of the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem, and the ongoing siege of Gaza. In response to the attack, Israel has declared war and launched Operation Swords of Iron, striking suspected Hamas and Islamic Jihad targets in Gaza. The conflict is now into its sixth day, with Israel conducting a large-scale strike on Hamas targets in Gaza, the IDF said Thursday. Israel is now on a war footing and has already started mobilizing troops for a potential ground operation in Gaza. It has said that it will exact a heavy price on Hamas for its attack and plans to retrieve Israeli hostages from the territory. Our next Next story comes from BBC and takes us to the war in Ukraine. Russian troops have launched a major offensive on the town of Avdiivka in eastern Ukraine. Three battalions involving some 2,000 troops, dozens of armored vehicles, as well as jets, have been reportedly involved in what is described as the largest scale attack in this area. The General Staff of Ukraine says they have managed to repel dozens of attacks in Avdiivka and nearby areas since Tuesday. Avdiivka is described as a gateway to the city of Donetsk the capital of Ukraine's eastern Donbas region. Although Russia and its proxy forces have occupied Donetsk city since 2014, they have been unable to use its resources as a key military communications hub because it is too close to the front line. By capturing Avdiivka, the occupying force could push the front line away. But Avdiivka is important not just because of its strategic role. This town has been right on the front line since Moscow annexed Crimea nine years ago, and the conflict in eastern Ukraine began. As a result, the town of Avdiivka has turned into a symbol of Ukrainian resistance and resilience. Military positions and residential areas of Avdiivka have been relentlessly pummeled for the last three days. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has shared photos of Avdiivka on social media saying, we are holding our ground. It is Ukrainian courage and unity that will determine how this war will end. Our third and final international story also comes from BBC and takes us to Asia. At least 29 people, including children, have been killed in an artillery strike on a displaced persons camp in northeast Myanmar, near the Chinese border. The camp is in an area controlled by the Kachin Independence Organization, KIO, one of several ethnic insurgent groups which have been fighting for self-rule for many decades. All of the victims were civilians, a KIO spokesman told the BBC. It is one of the deadliest attacks in the 63-year-long conflict in Kachin state. Kachin officials say the armed forces have scaled up attacks on KIO-run areas over the past year because of growing Kachin support for other insurgent groups fighting the military government. Much of Myanmar has been embroiled in a wider civil war since a 2021 military coup displaced the country's elected government. The military has increasingly used airstrikes against opposition-controlled towns and villages since seizing power. The exiled National Unity Government, NUG, has blamed the junta for the attack on the camp, describing it as a war crime and crime against humanity. Junta spokesman Major General Zamin Tun denied that the military was behind the attack. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach, and that was your International News Report. I'm Sam DeTuchis with your local news. New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez and his wife, Nadine Menendez, have been accused by the Justice Department of conspiring to act as a foreign agent for Egypt, according to new court documents unsealed Thursday. The superseding indictment filed in federal district court in New York charges Menendez with one count of conspiracy for a public official to act as an agent of a foreign principal, the Egyptian government and its officials. 
federal law prohibits Menendez as a public official from serving as a foreign agent. Prosecutors said that Menendez further promised to take and took a series of acts on behalf of Egypt, including on behalf of Egyptian military and intelligence officials, and conspired to do so with Wael Hanna, a New Jersey businessman from Egypt who runs a halal meat company and his wife. The new indictment claims that Hanna and Nadine Menendez communicated requests and directives from Egyptian officials to Menendez. Neither Hanna nor Nadine Menendez registered as foreign agents or lobbyists, the Justice Department said. Menendez, along with Nadine Menendez, Hannah, and two other New Jersey businessmen were charged last month for allegedly engaging in a bribery scheme that prosecutors said involved the senator accepting lavish bribes in exchange for official acts. Menendez and his wife were charged with three counts in the initial indictment, and he now faces a total of four counts. The senator pleaded not guilty to all charges during his arraignment on the three counts last month. He temporarily stepped down from his role leading the Senate Foreign Relations Committee after the original charges were brought. The new charging document details at least two meetings Menendez and Hannah had at Manhattan restaurants in June 2018 and September 2019, the second of which also included an unnamed Egyptian official. Prosecutors claimed that Nadine Menendez had meetings and direct communications with multiple Egyptian officials, at least some of whom she understood were intelligence officials, and conveyed information and requests from them to Menendez. The most recent charges come years after Menendez was indicted in 2015 on roughly a dozen counts, including bribery and conspiracy. Following accusations, he accepted gifts from a wealthy Democratic donor in exchange for political favors. That case ended in a mistrial when jurors were unable to reach a verdict after deliberating for more than a week. An armored truck driver is fighting for his life after he was shot while performing duties at a bank ATM in South Philadelphia. The shooting happened on the 1900 block of South Columbus Boulevard Wednesday afternoon around 2.30, officials said. The driver's gun was also reportedly taken in the chaos. Officials said two individuals backed into the bank driveway, blocking the driver of the armored truck. They jumped out of a sedan, gold in color, and struggled with the driver for the possession of the money that the driver was delivering. In the ensuing struggle, the driver was shot. The shooter managed to hit the driver in a location away from the driver's vest. The two men jumped back into the sedan with the driver's gun and a bag of money and fled towards Snyder Avenue. Police believe there may have been a third individual driving the vehicle. The driver is in critical condition at a local hospital. A man from New Jersey is among the victims who were killed during Hamas's terror attacks on Israeli civilians over the weekend. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy took to social media to announce the death of 20-year-old Lior Abramov, who was originally from Hopewell, Mercer County. According to the governor, Abramov was living in Israel and working toward becoming a successful DJ. His father, David Abramov, posted a photo of his son on Facebook and shared his sadness. Abramov's mother, Michal Halev, also took to Facebook and said in part, the world has come to a standstill. The Israel-Hamas war began over the weekend, ignited by a bloody and wide-ranging terror attack by Hamas into Israel. It has already claimed at least 2,600 lives on both sides of the war in Israel and Gaza. A bus with multiple passengers on board was caught in the crossfire of a Philadelphia shootout on Thursday morning. Police said it all began with gunfire at 2nd and West Ashdale streets in the only section of the city just before 9 a.m. According to investigators, multiple shooters were involved and some 15 shots were fired. The privately owned bus, with a dozen passengers aboard, was caught in the middle of the gun battle and the driver was shot. That driver, a 56-year-old man, was able to make it about a mile before stopping at 9th Street and Roosevelt Boulevard in the Logan section of the city. He was shot in the torso and is in stable condition. No bus passengers were injured. The bus was taking the passengers to Germantown Adult Day Center. Officers who were serving an unrelated warrant rushed over to the shooting scene at 2nd and West Ashdale to find a 32-year-old man who was shot in the head. Police say he is in extremely critical condition. No arrests have been made. It's unclear what led to the shooting and it's not yet known who the intended target was. Police say all of this is related to another shooting that happened around 7 a.m. I'm Sam DeTuchis and that was your local news.
I'm Aiden Doherty with your Rowan News. The Shirley O'Day Joy Solomon Rowan University and Glassboro State College Athletics Hall of Fame will induct its newest members this fall, with the class of 2023 being compromised of prof standouts from women's basketball standout Takia Bowen, men's basketball standout Maurice Davis, women's basketball standout Debbie Filipek, football standouts Ed Hessen and Leroy Jones, and Rowan's 1993 football team. The ceremony will take place with a brunch-in as part of the homecoming weekend on Sunday, October 15th at 11 a.m. in the I ballroom of the Chamberlain Student Center. Tickets are $75 per person. One of the inductees is former men's basketball standout Maurice Davis. Davis earned NABC All-America honors in each of his two seasons at Rowan and was an all-conference first-team honoree both years. Davis helped the profs to two NCAA tournament appearances and the NJAC championship in 1999 while totaling 915 points in two seasons. Mo Davis was asked on Rowan Athletics, what does it mean for you to enter the Rowan Athletics Hall of Fame? He said, it was something I never thought about. You know, until you start getting older and walk through the hallways of Rowan University and you see the other Hall of Famers. And then you start wondering, oh, you know what? My stats are pretty good. I probably should be in this hall too. So then a few months ago, I was talking to my family about it. And the next thing you know, I got an email about it. I was like, oh man, I was just talking about the Hall of Fame. So it was like a godsend. Rowan University is going smoke-free starting in 2024. They sent out a message on October 4th to the daily Rowan announcer email. On Rowan Today, they said, Dear Rowan community, as part of our continued commitment to maintaining healthy and safe environments for all, we are pleased to inform you that all of Rowan University's campus will be smoke-free beginning in January. Policy change has been discussed for several years with the University Senate and Student Government Association passing resolutions of support last spring. While some of our campuses have been tobacco-free for many years and now we have a university-wide policy to prohibit smoking and the use of tobacco and tobacco-like products on all campuses. The policy applies to all Rowan employees, students, and visitors, and includes all university buildings, grounds, facilities, and vehicles. That includes outdoor areas on Rowan properties, including parking lots, fields, paths, sports, recreational areas, and personal vehicles parked on campus. I'm Aiden Doherty, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Riley Adams along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Jack Miller for the Rowan Report with your news from the professional sports world. Your own university profs return to the borough for homecoming as they continue NJAC play against the Christopher Newport University captains. Let's backtrack, though, to last week where Rowan had another game of a lifetime against the TCNJ Lions. On October 7th, 2022, the profs squeaked away with a win with a game-winning field goal to give the profs a two-point victory against the Lions. Exactly one year later, on October 7th in 2023, the profs were down 7-3 for all of the second half until the final drive. Backup quarterback Nate Myers marched his way into TCNJ territory, and from 30 yards away, he shocked everyone at Lions Stadium with a touchdown to Shane Martin. The Profs would win the defensive battle in Ewing, New Jersey, 9-7. The Profs' defense came up huge in certain situations as they forced the Lions out of the red zone three times on four tries and had their first two blocked field goals of the season. Rowan wasn't able to get any sacks or force any fumbles that day, but the secondary was able to read the eyes of Lions quarterback Trevor Bopp and came away with two interceptions. The 
profs now have to deal with James Ferrer's broken hand and Thomas Goldsboro on concussion protocol for this game as they look to continue their momentum against the Christopher Newport University captains today at 2 p.m. The MLB playoffs continued this past week with the start of the division series underway and all of the series are finished up. In a best of five series, the Rangers, Astros, Diamondbacks, and Phillies all beat their opponents and are moving on to either the American League or National League Championship Series in the MLB postseason. The four teams eliminated were all division winners and three of them had over 100 wins on the regular season. The Dodgers and Orioles both got swept and the Braves and Twins fought well but lost in four games. Two wildcard teams will be competing again this year in the NLCS with the Phillies taking on the Diamondbacks. And in the ALCS, we have a Texas American League West battle between the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros who are trying to make their third straight World Series appearance. The championship series begins on Monday at 8 p.m. with the Rangers and the Strohs taking their battle to Minute Maid Park. First game for the Phillies will be at the bank as they take on the D-backs on Monday at 8 for game one of the NLCS. This past Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles had a West Coast matchup against the Los Angeles Rams and Philadelphia Faithful made it a home game for the Birds. The LA crowd bleated green and made SoFi Stadium loud for the Rams. The Eagles pulled away with the victory 23-14. Both Goddard and Brown had 100 plus yards receiving and Goddard recorded his first touchdown of the season. Jalen Hurts threw for over 300 yards and brotherly shoved his way into the end zone for another rushing touchdown, his 50th rushing touchdown on his career. The Eagles now have to travel an hour and a half up I-95 to face the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Kickoff between the two is set for 425 tomorrow. Continuing with football, Thursday Night Football featured an AFC West rivalry between the Chiefs and Broncos. Travis Kelsey returned from his ankle injury and his girlfriend Taylor Swift and his mom Donna Kelsey both attended for his return. In Kelsey's return, he had seven receptions for over 110 yards in the first half and finished off the night with nine catches and 124 yards in the 19-8 victory over Denver. Patrick Mahomes threw for 306 yards with one touchdown and an interception, compared to Russell Wilson's 95 yards thrown, one touchdown and two interceptions. The Chiefs now have five straight wins and are 5-1 and one on the season, and Denver now falls to 1-5. and five. Again, I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Wall Street is opening with stocks higher. This comes as the consumer price index rose by 0.4% in September and 3.7% from a year ago. That was against expectations of 0.3% and 3.6% over a year ago. At the opening bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ were all trading higher. People receiving Social Security benefits will see a smaller cost of living increase than the post two years. On Thursday, the Social Security Administration announced the annual cost of living adjustment for the next year will be 3.2%. The adjustment means the average monthly payment for retirees will be a little more than $1,900 come January. Benefits saw the biggest boosts since the 1980s the previous two years due to inflation. Last year, recipients received an increase of 5.9%, while this year saw an increase of 8.7%. Cryptocurrency helped fund Hamas's attack on Israel this past weekend. Aaron Real explains. Crypto has long been used to fuel black markets. The UN estimates that crypto makes up 20% of global terror funding. Elliptic, a firm that helps crypto businesses comply with financial regulation, reports that the Palestinian Islamic Jihad organization collected 93 million worth of cryptocurrency between June 2021 and August 2023. Hamas itself collected some 41 million in digital payments 
payments, and its military wing has publicly solicited donations in Bitcoin since at least 2019. The groups are linked to a variety of currencies, including Dogecoin and stable coins like Tether and USDC, which are pegged to the US dollar. Aaron Rayal, NBC News Radio. The Powerball jackpot has finally been won. A winning ticket worth over $1.7 billion, the second biggest lottery prize in US history, was sold in Fraser Park, California. The prize had been growing since July, when a ticket that was also sold in California won a jackpot worth just over a billion dollars. The jackpot for the next drawing on Saturday is back to $20 million. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. I'm Elle Lawton, and this is your Entertainment News. Saturday Night Live is returning tonight with comedian Pete Davidson as host. The former SNL cast member told Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show it's a big deal. He also admitted that when he got the SNL gig years ago, his mother wanted him to take the test to become a New York City sanitation worker, just in case his new job didn't work out. The Staten Island native added his mom said it's a pretty cool job and it would be good for him because he could hang off the side of a truck. Shocking news out of Hollywood, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith have been separated since 2016. Trey Thomas has more. Pinkett Smith revealed in a clip on NBC's Today that they previously weren't ready to go public with their split. I think just not being ready yet. Mm. Still trying to figure out between the two of us how to be in partnership. The two have been married since 1997 and are not legally divorced. I'm Trey Thomas. KISS members Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are being sued in connection to the death of one of their guitar technicians. Francis Stuber died a few days after he got COVID while on tour with the band in 2021. The lawsuit claims COVID was spreading rapidly amongst tour personnel due to the lax safety policies employed by the band. When Stuber contracted the illness, he was allegedly told to quarantine in his hotel room, and the lawsuit claims the band failed to arrange for any medical personnel to come examine him. Another tour member found Stuber dead in his hotel room two days later. The lawsuit is targeting Simmons, Stanley, Marriott Hotels, and Live Nation for damages. New York Comic Con got underway Thursday at the Javits Center. Actors Chris Evans and Ewan McGregor, among others, have been there available for autographs and photo opportunities. But due to the ongoing SAG-AFTRA strike, they can't promote any projects during the four-day event, which ends on Sunday. Hollywood writers, however, have ratified a new three-year deal with studios. On Monday, the Writers Guild of America announced that 99% of its members had voted to ratify the deal. The vote officially brings to an end the writer's strike that lasted almost five months. The new deal runs until May 31st, 2026. Meanwhile, renewed talks between SAG-AFTRA and the studios are in their second week as the Hollywood actor strike nears the three-month mark. Legendary director Martin Scorsese is batting back criticism on the running time of his upcoming film, Killers of the Flower Moon. In a new interview, the 80-year-old Oscar winner compared the three-hour and 26-minute Western drama to how long the average person binge-watches TV. Scorsese says people can sit in front of the TV and watch something for five hours or go to the theater and watch a live onstage performance for three and a half hours. He said people give live theater that respect and should give cinema some respect. Killers of the Flower Moon premieres in theaters October 20th. I'm Elle Lawton, and that's your entertainment news. And that wraps it up for this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News team, I'm Riley Adams. Have a great day. 
You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.